0: NPTE Cast. Welcome back to NPTE StudyCast with Alicia Flock. Alicia, thanks for taking some time out. We're talking about cerebellar disorders today. What is it? Describe it briefly.
1: Literally anything that can limit or prevent the cerebellum from doing its job. This can be something from stroke, tumor, or degeneration within the cerebellum. Typically, there's cerebellar signs that are associated with with these types of disorders that um, can be specifically
0: tested. And what might they include?
1: Presence of ataxia, which is lack of coordination typically seen during movement or walking. Dysmetria, which is the inability to correctly judge and place a part of your body on a target. Common way to test this is finger to nose testing. If there is cerebellar involvement, there's usually hypermetria, which means they overshoot the target, and dysdiadocokinesia, which is inability to perform rapid alternating movement, which would be alternating between supination and pronation, for example, for the upper extremities, and then alternating dorsiflexion and flexion for um, the lower extremities.
0: Say that one more time.
1: Dysdiadochokinesia.
0: That's it. Is... I just wanted to see if you could actually <laughs> say it. Like, it blows me away when people actually do it right the first time out. I have
1: high repetition of Being able to say that word. So lots of practice.
0: (laughs) All right. So now we know briefly what it is. What's involved? What's in the anatomy or what caused a cerebellar disorder?
1: A stroke or cerebellar vascular accident in that area disrupting the function of the cerebellum. There can be a tumor or a space occupying lesion within the cerebellum, or there are types of diseases like multiple systems atrophy. Or genetically inherited diseases that cause degeneration of the cerebellum. Typically, the the symptoms you'll find with the cerebellum is that they're ipsilateral, which is different than cortical involvement, which is often contralateral. So, if someone has an issue with their right side of their cerebellum, the symptoms will typically be on the right side. And that's only if one portion or one side of the cerebellum is involved. There are three main areas or responsibilities of the cerebellum, processing vestibular information, providing or contributing to coordinated movements of the limbs, And then that allows for fine motor and distal control of voluntary movement. So with the cerebellar signs I mentioned before, It's due to these uh, main functions of the cerebellum that's helping us have that fine-tuned movement that becomes disrupted, leading to those cerebellar signs.
0: Differential diagnosis.
1: With loss of coordination, sometimes you'll see poor balance or some other disruption in the ability to move smoothly. This can be caused by vestibular issues, so problems with the vestibular system, whether it's peripheral or in the central nervous system. It could be sensory ataxia, which means there's a problem with the peripheral sensory system like proprioception creating an ataxic type presentation. can be disease processes that might mimic or include the cerebellum, but also involve other places like multiple systems atrophy, as I've mentioned. And there can be cerebrovascular accidents that have similar presentations and loss of coordination.
0: Special tests. So, how do we prove it or disprove it? How do we figure out if this is a cerebellar issue?
1: So, ruling in and ruling out is simply looking for those cerebellar signs I mentioned before. So, it's a simple tests like having them perform rapid alternating movements, upper and lower extremities, having them perform upper extremity dysmetria testing which is their nose to your finger moving their finger back and forth the lower extremity version of that is having them run their heel along the front of their shin to see if they can maintain their heel on the target of the shin or is it Is there a loss of coordination with that movement? And I like to throw this in. Don't forget to test eye movement. If there is dysmetria and you test saccades, which is the ability to jump from target to target. So you look at one finger and then you move to another finger. It's how we read. There will also be overshooting or hypermetria with saccade testing. Finally, observation, Um, typically during walking or other movements, you'll be able to assess for the presence of ataxia.
0: Treatment examples. Now, what does a physical therapist do about it? Maybe some treatment examples.
1: Great question. So I like to think about the cerebellum as the mechanic of movement. So it's what adjusts our movements to make sure that we are as successful as possible with how we're trying to move, what's in a coordinated and a very um, precise manner. When the mechanic is broken, it is not as responsive to change as the other components of the central nervous system, like the cortex or the spinal cord. So there are a lot of compensatory strategies that need to be used, like use of assistive devices for balance, activity tolerance. If you have poor balance, you will likely self-limit your activity to avoid falls, there may be a component of endurance, so making sure that you're increasing their activity tolerance as a primary component of your intervention, and then helping work with them to keep them as safe as possible to make sure that they can move about their environment safely, usually using some sort of assistive device or some other compensatory strategies.
0: Sounds good. Here's your example question. The final part of the episode is taking a look at how it'll appear on the NPTE with a sample question. A physical therapist is performing an evaluation on an individual in an acute care hospital setting. Which of the following describes the most appropriate test and measure assess the presence of a cerebellar pathology a ask the patient to stand on a foam block and close their eyes for 30 seconds B assess light touch sensation using a cotton ball on both lower extremities C ask the patient to touch their nose with their finger and then touch your finger three to five times or D assess for presence of hypertonicity in bilateral plantar flexors think about what you would select bring Alicia back. Alicia, what's the right answer?
1: Option C, ask the patient to touch their nose with their finger and then touch your finger three to five times.
0: Why? Why is that the right answer? Okay.
1: So C is the right answer because it's specifically a testing for presence of dysmetria. So you're looking to see, can they reach the target successfully without over or under shooting the target?
0: Now let's, let's take a a look at option A. Is that the wrong answer?
1: So asking the patient to stand on a phone block and close their eyes for 30 seconds would likely be difficult for someone with cerebellar pathology, but it would be difficult for people with other symptoms or vestibular conditions as well. So it isn't specific to cerebellar dysfunction. Individuals with cerebellar pathology would likely have um, balance issues in a variety of conditions, not just that one.
0: And that brings in the bold, most appropriate answer, which you're going to see on the NPTE.
1: Yes, that is a tricky distractor, I think.
0: All right, now option B.
1: Option B is assess light touch sensation using a cotton ball on both lower extremities. Cerebellum is responsible and helps process sensor information to help um, create a perfect or fine-tuned movement. However, assessing the presence of sensation or perception of sensation doesn't get at the cerebellar function.
0: And finally, option D.
1: A presence of hypertonicity and bilateral plantar flexors. That would give you information regarding upper motor neuron lesions and not associated with cerebellar dysfunction.
0: Well, that's cerebellar disorders for the NPTE. Thanks, Alicia. NPTE Cast, Brewed by the PT Pinecast.